Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you. Greetings, Fanoners, to our hit new show. So You Think You Cannot Get Your Organs Donated. I'm your host, Sergio. <laughs> oh my god, the You're fucking woke mob Jake. are trying to cancel me. <laughs> Well, you can not get the more donated really easily, and it's just don't don't check the box that says to donate them. That's all you got to do. <laughs> it's like registering to vote. You go in, you get your license. They ask you if you want to donate organs and if you want to vote. You all tell right, them yeah, right. so then you guys, leave. Guys, listen. There, there, there's been there's been an issue. Uh, I know Jake is speaking right now, but he's been in a terrible accident, and I'm thinking <laughs> of whether or not we we fix him or we fix him. But we take one of his kidneys while he's out and don't tell him about it. What are your thoughts? Let's I take think we actually should give him a third kidney without him. My kidneys make it. stones. They wouldn't take it. I just mean, like, let's just take them both out. Like, operation, you know? <laughs> or surgeon simulator. Surgeon sim. Just get rid of it. Why not? He doesn't mm. need them. We we can put like a bag in there, like a like a Ziploc bag. It'll be fine. Yes. Anyways, what are we actually here for today? What's well, the, speaking what's the of doctors, gathering? I have another question to ask. Oh yeah. Doctor Who. Who? Who? I don't know. Doctor Ligma. Doctor Bofidesis. <clears throat> Well, the the doctor of this of of today's fan fiction is the tenth doctor, played by David Tennant. This is Hell a Christmas themed yeah. Doctor Who fan fiction. Everything always happens on Christmas with Doctor Who. What's up with that? What's up with that? True. True. Doesn't the doesn't Doctor Who have the Christmas tragedy a la Common Rider? Or am I wrong on that? Is that just something I'm making up out of my head? Mm. What do you mean by Christmas tragedy? So. So, something bad always or always <laughs> happens in Common Rider during the Christmas episode. I think that's generally true for Doctor Who. Yeah, I feel like it could be true. Well, I mean, Anyways. I feel like I, I I feel like we've gotten like well, because da- David Tennant's first episode was a Christmas special, and uh, he goes 15th, into a coma for half of it. The fifteenth mm. Doctor's first episode is going to be a Christmas special. The twelfth Doctor oh, regenerated um... in his Christmas special. Um, wasn't the last episode a Christmas special? No, he did. Maybe his Christmas special was um, meeting Clara. Let's see. Oh, Doctor Who Christmas specials and New Year's specials. Um, Christmas Invasion happened on Christmas, which is obvious. I feel like now that I say that out loud. Yes, David Tennant's first episode. The Runaway Bride happened on Christmas. That was the Mm. first episode with Donna. Voyage of the Damned happened on Christmas 2007, which was the Titanic episode. Um, the next Doctor, a man in enco- the Doctor encounters a man calling himself the Doctor. That's another Christmas. That's another tragedy. The End of Time Part One was a Christmas special. That's another tragedy. And Part Two, that was a tragedy. Part, part Two was on New Year's. That's not Christmas. That's different. A Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah, Time um, of the Doctor. That's the one where the 11th gen- Doctor regenerated. Uh-huh. 
But also the the snowmen with Clara. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Um, I don't remember that one at all, to be honest. But that was a Christmas special. Yeah, there's always bad stuff that happens on Christmas specials in New Who. So we can only presume that the Christmas special of this year is going to probably be really depressing. Yeah, probably. Which is the best way to do it. Yeah, nothing like some depression for Christmas. Yeah. Well, you got to balance things out, you know. Can't always be ha- happy and jolly. <coughs> we need to continue our Doctor Who watch through with Matt. We haven't watched in a long time. We do. The silence is deafening, Matt. He left. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, uh, who wants to be the 10th Doctor and who wants to be Donna? Ooh, I want to be the 10th Doctor. Well, Sergio, I think you have to be Donna. Yeah, I'll have to I be think, Donna. I think that's true. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Matt can be our narrator. Mm-hmm. Matt, we got to continue our Doctor Who watch through now that you're here. Yes, I know. Wait, who's Jake going to be? Ancillary media. Okay, everybody else. All right. Something for Everyone by Pumpkin Teacup. Matt, read us our summary and notes. Mm-hmm. Ah, sorry, drinking milk. A heartwarming tale involving Donna, the doctor, a large straw goat, and a little Christmas vandalism, based on historic events. A big thank you to my friend Hermione for helping Beta read this for me, and a very Merry Christmas to anyone out there reading this. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I guess this is a kind... Is this our Christmas special? No, because we're not relevant. Yeah, it's close to our Christmas special. All right, Donna, take it away. This is our holiday special. Are we releasing anything on Christmas? At Uh, the at the moment, I'm I'm not sure. We'll figure that out later. It would be be funny to release this on Christmas. It would be funny. Doctor Who Christmas special for the podcast on Christmas. Maybe, maybe. Donna, take it away. This doesn't look like Australia to May. You need help finding it on a map. The night was brisk. They walked down a narrow cobblestone road that was lit by wrought iron lamps attached to the quaint homes that (coughs) flanked either side. The homes were modest, one-story abodes that were painted in vibrant colors and accented with white trim. They were alone as they walked, save for the odd person across the way. A chilly breeze swept upon them, which caused Donna to shiver. The doctor removed his large brown coat and draped it over her shoulders. He stuffed his hands in his trouser pockets as he casually walked, unbothered by the cold. Oh, come on, he said with enthusiasm, ignorant of her snippy tone. Sometimes the best trips are the ones you never planned on. Take my visit to Andromeda 4. Always thought it was a blip of a planet. Good for a gas stop and nothing else, only to find out they have some of the best apple pie in the universe. You never can tell with some places. But I don't see any pie here. I don't suppose you could have discovered somewhere warmer? Where are we, anyway? Well... The doctor angled his head around and sniffed the air. Judging from the looks of it, I'd say... Sweden, late 1970s? Donna looked again at the nearby homes. They looked nice enough, if a bit small, but there was something different in the way that they were decorated. Greenery was draped on the railings and wreaths on the doors, and holly accented with red berries hung from the posts. Oh, no. She uttered in disdain. Not only that, 
Don't tell me it's Christmas. Yes, looks like it's Christmas. He said with a boyish and cheerful grin. Or December, anyway. She sighed. It was a full, powerful sigh that made her entire <sighs> body deflate. Oh, I hate Christmas. Now don't be like that. That's no attitude to have, is it? What have you got against it anyway? Oh, I don't know. Never liked it is all. Never understood what everyone loved about it. I mean, why would I want to hear the same 12 songs over and over again for a month and a half? And the bells. What dim-witted bloke thought it would be a good idea to put little bells on everything? Bells on little Saturn hats. Bells on Christmas shirts. Bells on Christmas socks. The words were bitter and disgusting as she said them. She shuddered, not from the cold, but from the memories of terrible office Christmas parties and gatherings with friends, especially ones with Neris. They all make that jingle, jingle, jingle when someone so much as breathes. I hate it. I hate all of it. The doctor remained unperturbed by her frustration. Surely there's more to it than that. Christmas is about, well, it's about all sorts of things, really, not just the cheap merchandise. What about family giving all that? Oh, 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 oh. Do you guys know about Whamageddon? Speaking of Christmas songs. What? What? You know about, you know about Whamageddon? I do know about Whamageddon. Oh, like, like last Christmas. Like that well, song. everyone just lost Whamageddon because of you, so thanks for that. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the, the, the purpose of Whamageddon is to make it to Christmas without hearing that song. Well, uh, I guess I fucked that one up for anyone listening to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How dare you? Yeah, my friend sent me a uh, a mulch video. You know those mulch videos I keep posting with the dogs. Yes. And that and it and it played in the mulch video, and I had to text my friend Gabe. I was like, "Fuck you, Gabe! I lost I lost Whamageddon because of you." Well, at least you didn't lose because of Damn. me. Yeah, everyone else did though, so feel bad for that. <laughs> feel shame, feel shame, feel shame. Don't feel any shame. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> they you anyways. They usually give me another argument around the table, especially after <laughs> Dad died. Then there's my cousin Lisa. Loves to rub it in how she's got this husband in her big fancy house and her five kids going to advanced classes because they're so much smarter than everyone else. Well. Surely there's something about Christmas you'd like. You just haven't found it yet. It was far too positive a reply, and she scoffed. Thought chance of that, and I could go for some <laughs> apple pie right about now. They continued to walk further into town. The hour was late, and the town was soundly asleep. Only the odd car drove by, but it was rare, and they seemed to have the town almost entirely to themselves. As they walked, the cobblestone neighborhood from before transitioned into a modern town of concrete roads and taller buildings. Trees lined the way with glowing strings of Christmas lights which shone brightly amidst the darkness. Some buildings were modern, or at least for the year, but slightly older ones were mixed in as well. It wasn't long before they entered a large town square that was divided by a forked road. There, in the center of the square, and brilliantly illuminated with spotlights, was a towering straw figure adorned with wide red ribbons. It had four trunk-like legs and a long neck, the head smaller with a short beard of straw, and two curved straw horns that extended from its head back to its tail in sweeping arches. Would you look at that? We're in Gavel, home of the Gavel Goat. Big fella, isn't he? He's, what, forty, fifty feet high? She tilted her head, unimpressed. I suppose it does look like a goat. Annual tra tradition of gavel has its roots in Scandinavian folklore. 
the Yule Goat, technically speaking. Some say it looks over Christmas preparations each year, make sure everything's just so. bit different from the olden days. Uh-huh. Especially with the costumes. Donna muttered, having not heard a single word of it. They made their way to the goat and the short wooden fence that encircled it on the green. She had to crane her head to look up at it, given its size and height. Something teased in her memory, the thought vaguely obscured, like trying to peer through frosted glass. Something related to a bookie, she she recalled, and dates, but not the romantic kind. Recognition flashed across her face and she gasped loudly. Her expression was shocked and excited all at once. Her eyes lit up with newfound purpose. Every year the straw goat was built in gavel to celebrate Christmas, and every year it burned to the ground. It started innocently enough with an idea in 1966 for a local Yule goat. It served as a festive local attraction for several weeks that the townsfolk enjoyed. But on New Year's Eve night, an unknown vandal set it on fire, and the goat burned to the ground. Then two years later, it was burned once more. The next year, it survived for a total of six hours before it was set alight by drunken teenagers. By then, the group responsible for building the goat had grown tired of seeing their work turn to kindle and elected not to build it anymore. Instead, a miniature goat was built by the Natural Science Club. That goat was smashed to pieces. It was a setback for the club, to be sure, but they hardened their resolve. They would prevail, they thought, in the name of their Scandinavian heritage and the spirit of Christmas. They built the next year's goat with confidence and hope. It collapsed due to sabotage, sadly. Year after year, the goat was built and then burned. It was clearly stronger measures. It was clear to them that stronger measures would be needed to protect their beloved goat. A strategy was devised, and the goat was doused heavily in flame retardant. The goat burned. A fence was built around it to keep the vandals at bay. Yet still, the goat burned. They sprayed water over it once, letting it freeze into a thick layer of ice to guard against flames, and yet the goat still burned. To say it burned every year, however, would be wrong. Some years, it was hit by a car, or smashed to pieces, or stolen. Eventually, they decided that simply having one goat wasn't enough, and they built a small backup goat preemptively that could be used once the large one fell. That, too, was usually burned. They added a live video feed, so the goat could be viewed at any time around the world. It was later hacked and taken offline while vandals set the goat ablaze. Another year, vandals dressed as Santa Claus and gingerbread men attacked the goat with flaming arrows. The Swedish television program Most Wanted followed the search for the arsonist responsible, but to no avail. Despite the efforts to protect it, the goat was burned, kicked, smashed, or destroyed in some form or fashion a total of 31 times between its 1966 inauguration and 2008. By then, the goat had garnered minor celebrity status across Europe and other parts of the world. The gavel goat was the Christmas tradition that was destined for destruction. Donna didn't know the details of the goat's long and turbulent history. She only knew that it burned, that it was destined to burn, and that it stood a mere ten feet away. It was a cold night, she thought, and straw was, oh, so very, very flammable. She turned towards the doctor in a smooth motion, spinning on her heel. I would just like everybody to know that this year's goat is still standing as of right now. Oh, well, know, let's get on a, on a plane to Sweden, guys. Last no, year, don't worry. I got shooters. Last year's goat also survived, and there is a 24-hour real-time public webcam where you can watch the goat and make sure nothing happens to it. <laughs> there are also 24 hour, There are now 24-hour guards surrounding it, too. Oh <laughs> and a double fence. Yes, it's... Uh... 
It's it's able to survive a good number of years recently. However, 2021 uh, did die horribly. What but. happened in 2021 that made them have armed guards? <laughs> um, a 40-year-old man was arrested for drunkenly burning it to the ground and later sentenced to six months in prison in order to pay SEK 109000 in damages to the municipality. Good lord. That's crazy. All right. <clears throat> you know, I think I remember hearing something about this goat. The big one, right here. Made of straw. <sighs> She raised a hand and jabbed her thumb towards the straw structure in question. He's got a reputation, yeah. She smiled, and the doctor watched her very closely, arching a brow in sharp suspicion. Hold on, you're not thinking about... You know, it's funny. Happens every year. That makes it a tradition, isn't that right? Well... He started, and then stopped abruptly as he struggled to find the words. He paused, looking up at the straw goat and its red decorative ribbons. But that's... that's vandalism. Arson, technically. Think of all the time that goes into making that, all the work. He thought aloud, but he paused once more, distracted in thought. Although... He continued to stare at the goat, transfixed, hypnotized, lured by the tempting thought of vandalism with the benefit of a clean conscience. His voice was quiet and low. All that straw. All that wood. He sucked in a sudden breath as the spell was broken. <gasps> no, no, we're not doing it. Oh, come on. Haven't you ever done something like this? A bit of vandalism he here and there. Covering your name on a desk or a wall. Well, yes, but we're not talking about carving your initials into a tree. You're, you're talking about burning down something someone else has created. It's a work of art, part of their cultural heritage. He spoke adamantly and raised an arm to gesture towards the goat. They were alone in the square then, with no one but each other and the large straw goat for company. Donna took a couple of steps backward, which brought her closer to the fence and goat. It's a goat. A goat. Made of straw. She said it as if it was the most obvious thing in the entire world. She stuck a hand into one of the pockets of the doctor's coat, which she still wore. She frowned, digging around for a moment as the pocket was surprisingly large, and then retrieved the vintage lighter. Donna stared in awe with renewed focus. Oh, tell me this isn't fate. I got that from Churchill. No, <laughs> Donna, put that down. We're not burning anything. She fiddled with the lighter for a moment before flipping it open to reveal a small flame. Says you. Donna, put the lighter down. He ordered, this time sterner than before. He held out his upturned hand towards her. Oh, come on. She said with exaggerated emphasis. The flame and the lighter flickered slightly in the winter breeze. A lot of people <clears throat> work very hard on building it every year. And it burns every year. They know what they're getting into. Donna. He warned again sternly. He looked at her like one would a child for breaking the rules. Put it down. Come on, just a little, just a little bit of fire. That's all. No. That's all I ask, just some fire. The doctor shot her an expectant look. She looked down between the doctor and the lighter, then behind her at the goat. Finally, her shoulders sagged, and she sighed. Oh, all right, she said in a resigned tone. She cast a last 
final wistful look at the goat and found it was such a shame to miss out on the local tradition. As unofficial as it was, just as she was to pass in the lighter, a small figure darted between them and yanked it out of her hand. It rushed towards the goat, making quick work of the wooden fence, and ran with purpose towards the goat's four large legs. He dragged the lighter along the base of each leg, which caused the fire to catch instantly in the dry winter air. A slight breeze fanned the flames even further, and the figure laughed. Donna could only stare, slack-jawed. The doctor had moved forward a few steps and tried to shout, but it was already much too late, and the bright orange flames spread quickly from the goat. Then, just as quickly as he came, the teenager ran off into the darkness, giggling. The doctor ushered Donna back to a safer distance, but the size of the goat made the, made the sight easily seen from where they stood. The straw had caught a light similar to kindling in a fireplace, and already the upper areas in the neck of the goat were lit ablaze. It burned painfully bright against the darkness of the square, and they could not look away. That went up fast, the doctor muttered, faintly impressed, and as transfixed as she was on the flames. It is made of straw. It's beautiful. She smiled at the sight, watching the fire lap greedily against the straw structure. In the center of the raging inferno, a large section of straw, wood, and melted ribbon broke away and dropped to the ground. Yeah. He said distractedly, still very reluctant and conflicted in condoning vandalism, but he did find the sight indeed spectacular, and a better show than he had expected. I think I like this Christmas tradition. It's better than apple pie. As the straw continued to burn, it revealed the large, beamed, wooden skeleton hidden underneath. It looked like a stick-figure creature, then, engulfed by a swirl of yellow and orange flame. There was a loud crack as one of the beams broke roughly in half and fell to the ground. The doctor opened his mouth as if to speak, but struggled to find the words. It was quite the unusual situation, even for him. Well, it's true what they say, I suppose. Sirens sounded as the local fire crew rushed to the scene, shouting and yelling and running to try and extinguish the blaze. And what's that? That there's a Christmas tradition for everyone out there. Merry Christmas, Donna. She smiled warmly in return. Merry Christmas. Jacob! You there! <laughs> a policeman <laughs> looking rather angry in the flickering firelight. Right, time to go. The doctor said in a rush, they turned and ran away into the darkness of the night, leaving the festive pyre burning in their wake. That was a cute little, that was a cute, cute little story. It was cute. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a I feel, lot. I feel like it's very in character for Ten and Donna. It is. I could definitely hear David Tennant saying some of this shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Donna, too. <laughs> Great dialogue. Uh, I will say this is one of 30 fan fictions about the gavel goat. Damn, 30? 30. Oh There's a God. One Piece fan fiction where, where it's tagged. The One Piece! There's also a the lot one of piece. There's some good omens in here. Which is also a, a show that stars David Tennant. Yes. Yeah, I need to watch it. I heard it's good. I've only read the book. The book's really good. It's hmm. Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, right? Yep. Yes. That's a crazy combination. They Neil are Gaiman also wrote for Doctor Who. Did Terry Pratchett write for Doctor Who? I don't know. Maybe he like worked on like Maybe. the magazine. Sounds like something that would have happened. There's a Muppets one. <laughs> a Muppets a, a Doctor Muppets, Who? No, Gavel Goat. <laughs> I'm looking at all the Gavel Goat f fix. 
<laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good pick. I liked it. Pretty tight. Pretty short. Pretty sweet. I like it. I like Doctor and Donna. Donna is. I don't know if Donna's my favorite companion, but he's definitely one of my favorites. the The new specials having Donna in in them just reminds me how much I love Donna. She's an interesting companion. Mm-hmm. They have a really good dynamic. I would say my favorite companion. Um, I get honorable mention to Wilf. Uh huh. What a legend. Uh, but my fa- favorite companion because he's only seen one, so that's the companion. <laughs> Damn. I guess Mickey. Do you like Mickey or Rose more, Matt? <laughs> Is does Mickey really count? Mickey counts. He counts, yeah. He's on enough like trips. Barely. He's on enough barely. he's in enough he's episodes that he counts. Just because Rose cheats on him every fucking episode. Mm-hmm. That is know. so horrible looking back on it. Rose is definitely my favorite. Uh-huh. I want I, I, I think my favorite are Amy and Rory. Mm-hmm. I think Catherine Tate is just an iconic actress because she came in to Doctor Who with literally no information on what it is, that knew nothing about it, gave oh, one of the best funny. performances in the entire series, refused to elaborate, and then left for a decade. I didn't know she knew nothing about it. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm, you can see like in the interviews for like um like the behind the scenes of the newer specials, since it's her and Ted again, or I guess 14, whatever you want to call them. He is um, 10. He is always 10. <laughs> um, she's like, I don't understand what's going on in this episode. And David Tennant like explains it to her and she's like, sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like she's like a comedy <laughs> actress. Like she's a she does like com- like comedy more than she does anything else. Like you have any other shows that she's in or just like British like sitcoms. And she was in the office. I don't know if you like knew the, that. The American version. Office. No, the American Office. Oh wow, season season seven and eight. Yeah, I and can't do I British know. comedies. They're they're not funny to me. Uh huh. I used to like the It Crowd, but now I can't like the It Crowd. Why? Is there um, a because shit ass in it. No, the guy who wrote it is a shit ass. Oh, is it Max Max? Oh no, Graham Linehan. No, Grand line. Oh hand. yeah, he's a super shit ass. Yeah. Did you did you see he, did you see he got a he got uh kicked out of his agency because he called David Tennant David a Tennant pedophile. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, what that's a guy. like that's that's defamation, right? Like he could probably yeah. sue. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I don't think David Tennant cares that much, though. To be fair. Well, I, 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 I mean, I think the uh, I think I think the fact that uh, him saying that to David Tennant <laughs> did nothing to David Tennant, but only damaged him in re- response. That's true. Is, mm-hmm. an, is, is enough. Is enough. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, like, like what, like, like, what did you think was going to happen? Everyone was going to agree with you and cancel David Tennant. Yeah. What's funny is that his his agent was also David Tennant's agent, too. <laughs> 
So his his agent was just like, "Yeah, you're you're fired." Damn. And I th- I think that's very funny. What is what your is? guys's favorite episode of Doctor Who? What's your least favorite episode of Doctor Who? Oh that you've god, seen? it's um, been so long. I guess my I really... default has to be the gas mask one because that's the best one I've seen from what what little I have. Uh huh. Mine is probably the what's is the eleventh hour of the first Smith episode? Yes. If you don't then, remember the name, you can just say what happens on it. Mine is probably the eleventh hour. Just mine? because I have a lot of nostalgia behind Eleven. That's fine. Because um, he was like the doctor when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bert? Mine is um the one with Nine, where it's him and like the last Dalek. Oh, yeah, that is a good episode. Very gut-wrenching kind of episode. Um, and he also tells the Dalek to kill itself, and that's really funny. You should just die. <laughs> kill yourself. It's so intense. It is. Man, I I do think that it's pretty perfect that fucking um, the Ninth Doctor regenerated at the end of his season. Like, that's pretty perfect. Because season one is kind of like a crash course through, like, classic Who. Mm-hmm. Into I don't know. I wish day. he got more time. I, I do. I, t- I do too. I do too. But I think him b- book ending on a regeneration is the perfect like book end to like catching up new audiences on Doctor Who. Because like yeah. ending it on like oh this is what regeneration is like <clears throat> is cool. And technically he has come back because he's in the audio dramas. Okay, um, I've never listened to any of those. Yeah, but we, yeah. we want him in the episodes. Especially, like, because you mm-hmm. can tell, like, the day of the Doctor was supposed to star him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was still blacklisted from from the British broadcasting channel at that point, I think. Why? Um, Because, uh, so, Christopher Eccleston really hates the royal family. Oh. Well, they, uh... They're a bunch of mooches. Well, they, I, I don't necessarily know if that was the reason, but he was very much like a get like during that first season, it was not a good time for him. And he was very vocal about it. Uh, mm. And he made an agreement that he was like, you know, obviously they were going to like, uh, you know, go amicably like, like, you know, just like, all right, I'm going to, you know, we're to do season. I'm going to leave. But then someone at the BBC announced that he was tired and that like fucked him on jobs for like the next like decade, and then they uh-huh. kind of sort of apologized for it. And he and he uh-huh. basically said until they like actually like like give me like a worthy apology, he's not coming back to the TV show. Mm-hmm. He will continue to do conventions and audio dramas because he loves the fans. But he's not coming back mm-hmm. to the show. And and he and also allegedly he got blacklisted from the BBC for being anti royalty. Um, allegedly, that's what a lot of people claim. I guess with with the with the advent of this fucking H bomber guy video that just dropped, it feels hard to to claim things like that without finding the re- the sources first. So we're Fair just gonna enough. we're just gonna assume. 
that it might be correct, but probably not do your own research. Yeah, because I believe we WeChat. He he's he's been on BBC programming like recently. Yeah, yeah, uh, it yeah, ended he was just in a drama. Maybe he's been unblacklisted. Uh, if anyone is a fan of True Detective or wants to watch True Detective, he will be in season four of that. Um, I've heard good things about it. Hold on. In an interview, Christopher Eccleston claimed he was blacklisted. So that is my that is what I will say. Christopher Eccleston claims he was blacklisted by the BBC. Which is why he was in a lot of American programs for a while, like okay. in GI Joe and Thor, yeah, the, Dark Thor the Dark World. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it would be cool to see him come back. I wish he was in Day of the Doctor, but I still really like Day of the Doctor. So yeah, okay. I was gonna say Day of the Doctor is probably one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah, uh, did also- you get to see it in theaters? I did not know. No. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. I did. I also have to give a shout out to the 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 episode with the silence, specifically the one where they go back to the 60s mm. and then the, the doctor has... tells them all to kill themselves or at least the orders that... them all orders them all to tell other people to kill themselves. The one that has the the main villain of Guardians 3 in it. He's in that scene. Yeah. And, uh, the, and uh, I think there's a guy from Supernatural in it. Or at least mm-hmm. he looks like a guy who was on Supernatural. I, I, love, I love that scene only because of that interview for the press release of Guardians 3 where Karen Gillan didn't know that that guy was in the scene. And he was like, I was on Doctor Who. And she was like, you were? And he was like, we were in the same scene together and I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I, I totally forgot about that. And if I had to give a least favorite uh, 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 Doctor Who episode, it would have to be uh, The Power of Space Three Chibnall. by Chris Chibnall. Which one is The Power of Three? Yeah, That's the one with the it. cubes. It's an 11th Doctor episode. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate those episodes. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it's because of Rebecca Chibnall. If 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 you say what your fa- least favorite Doctor Who episode, if it's dinosaurs a spaceship, if it's Power Three or Forty Two, it, it's all the, the the running theme is that they were written by Christopher Chibnall, who also happened to be the showrunner for the Thirteenth Doctors. If any of your episode answers are the Thirteenth Doctor, then you uh also damn you know I haven't seen any of the Thirteenth Doctors stuff. So I haven't either. I highly yeah. recommend watching a video by JXC called The Fall of Doctor Who, which is like a five hour video essay covering the 13th Doctor, because not only is it really funny, uh, but it's it's a it's a pretty good essay on the Doctor and uh, their character. But now we're back. We are so back. We are so back. <coughs> You're so unbelievably back. We are. If you are a Doctor Who fan and you haven't seen the new specials. And if you like the Tenth Doctor, you are doing yourself a huge disservice by not watching them. Oh Don't my god! Me. Don't I'm adding. Me. I'm adding you. Don't at me. This is specifically <laughs> for you. Wasn't intended to be, but it is now. I feel personally. I, I will watch them again if it means I get you to watch them. Maybe. I might. Maybe. Because they're so good. 
We are quite literally so back. I, uh, I, 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 I was also reminded of this because I, I often cite one of my one of my least favorite Thirteenth Doctor episodes as being the the one where the Doctor simps for space Amazon. But I almost forgot about there is an episode called Demons of the Punjab where the Thirteenth Doctor uh, is racist against a group of aliens and assumes that they are all like evil murderers. And guess what? She is then vindicated in her racist assumptions or, or 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 well they go wait 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 doctor doctor you were telling the truth we were a bunch of murderous ass- assassin assholes but what we tank that's really Ooh. weird i think the juxtaposition of the news of the first episode of the new specials compared to that episode is really funny because without giving any spoilers away there's the scene where the doctor gives every side of a conflict the time to talk just to make sure everyone's like on the same page. And I think that's funny. Yeah, and mm. I like pulling up the little wig, which is a which is a callback to a fourth doctor episode, but it's funny that he just had it in his pocket. <laughs> and never oh. forget the beep. The meep. Yeah, the, the beep. Beep the meep. Funny fact about Beep the Meep that I told Jacob, but the co-creator of Beep the Meep is Dave Gibbons, the artist of Watchmen. I'm so confused. <laughs> You'll find There's out. There's a character in the new Doctor Who special. Okay. You'll find out when you're older. He's a he's a he's a funny little white furball kind of guy. Yeah. Okay. Very weird character. Also, another Alan Moore fact. Uh Alan Moore met the uh the uh the artist for V for Vendetta while they were working on Doctor Who magazine together, and then they collaborated on obviously V for Vendetta. That's amazing. Alan Moore was also the cr- the creator of the concept of the Time War as it uh, pertains to Doctor Who. Interesting. Uh, also, during the last years of Doctor Who, the script editor would send uh, uh, the Doctor Who scripts to Alan Moore so he could tell them if they were good or not. <laughs> That's insane. The world's biggest hater. Got Alan scripts. Moore also almost wrote RoboCop 2, another fact. Yeah, Frank Miller did instead. Because Alan Moore was Alan Moore again was being a hater, and he was like, "I don't do movies." And Frank Miller was like, "I will." Frank Miller was like nine eleven, and then he wrote it. RoboCop it two like was a, RoboCop two is a pre nine eleven movie. I know, but I just think that's funny. It seems like we have repeated characters on this podcast. Frank Miller and Alan Frank Moore. Miller and Alan Moore. And yeah. uh, 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 Todd McFarlane. I think my yeah. new goal for the for the comic book book club is to tie as many things to Todd McFarlane as possible. Okay. Fair enough. I'm just going to type in Image Comics Doctor Who and see if there's any connection. Does not look like it, no. Maybe he likes Doctor Who. Do we know that? <laughs> um, does McFarlane toys make Doctor Who toys? Um, no, probably not. Uh, the creator of Judge Dredd, Mike McMahon, also worked on Doctor Who magazine, as well as uh, John Ridgway, who was the first artist on uh, Hellblazer, the Constantine comic. 
Or look at this Funko Pop that I just found for Doctor Who, where the picture, the preview picture, has a completely different hairstyle in the Funko Pop for Doctor Who. I hate Funko Pops. I'm just gonna put that out there. I have no further. I do too. Funko Pops. Why, why did they give the Eleventh Doctor the Saul Goodman haircut? <laughs> <laughs> they should do a Saul Goodman uh, crossover with the Doctor. I think it'd be great. Oh, I think Dan. Yeah, Dan Abnett also wrote for Doctor Who. Magazine. Why is he holding a Cyberman head? That's an eleventh Doctor uh, episode where he turns into a Cyberman, kind of, but also is like at war with the Hive Mind Collective of the Cybermen. So he's it's like weird. both the Doctor and you can't say it's weird. You didn't see it. This is weird. Don't weird. mansplain Doctor Who to me. Yeah, I it was probably weird. saw it, and it's weird. It was a, it was a late eleven episode, and I late eleven episodes are weird. Anyways, I don't remember most of eleven. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really like him. I'm gonna be honest, bruh. Eleventh is goaded. Also, this is something that 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 that's been bothering me a bit. But do you remember the eleventh Doctor episode where like uh, he went to go see Clara's family, and he was like naked like like he was invisible and he became uninvisible and then he was like naked and then he 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 acted like he was like very confused that he shouldn't be na- like he was like should i not be naked is this like an awkward thing but no, like he had he had invisible he had holographic clothing on he was confused because his clothing were supposed to be holograms but there were no clothings Was this that is it? really strange? Because yeah. I, I thought he was confused of why they would be like weirded out that he was like naked. No, I'm pretty sure it was holographic clothing. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember that scene being. What the? Because he didn't know that they couldn't see the clothes. Because like I was uh I because I was watching a video like a retrospective on it and he and the guy was like I I'm choosing to believe that the eleventh Doctor is just fucking with Clara here because there's no <laughs> way that he shouldn't know that being naked. Is not something that he should be. Uh, he should mm-hmm. be doing. Yeah, I could have sworn it was a. Uh, it, it was a holographic clothing thing. So was he confused that it was like a glitch or something like that? Yeah, because he thought that they were seeing the clothes. Okay, that makes more sense. Also, that reminds me, because we are also talking about the 13th Doctor. There is a 13th Doctor character that I want to come back, if you will check general. Uh, there's a there's a Cyberman with this broken helmet. He is sick. I really enjoy cool this design. line. That's I like cool. that. Do you have a least favorite episode, Matt? Least favorite episode? Um... The second know. episode with those farting aliens. You know the what? Yeah. I'll I'll go with that. That's a gimme. I'll do that. Oh one. yeah, that that's the episode where Mickey commits domestic terrorism by blowing up yeah. the parliament. <laughs> Did you know that that episode that episode was written by Russell T Davies as an allegory for the Iraq War? I did that's not crazy. know that. Didn't <laughs> in that episode they were trying to start World War Three? I can't remember what their fucking plan yeah. was in that episode. The ship crashing into fucking Big Ben or whatever was an allegory for 9 11, according yeah. to Russell T. Davies. And then everything after was America invading the Middle East after 9 11. That okay. I think that episode is like 0. 0.5 9 11s. 
Because there's the because the scene where the Slovene randomly claim that there's like nuclear weapons or whatever was uh was Russell T Davies attempting to be subtle. Um, I mean, he must have been subtle because it was subtle enough because we didn't notice, I guess. But I just found that out recently. Um, but yeah, shout out to Russell T Davies, my favorite gay person. Can I say that? Why wouldn't you be I mean, able to say it? Aren't there a few gay, more gay people that you would like before him? <laughs> yeah, but did they write for Doctor Who during my childhood? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I say Russell T. Davies is top five for sure. Top five gays? Top five gays. Okay. <laughs> New fan and tier list. Top 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 gay people. Freddie Mercury. This is a razor. Do bi people bi? count as gay people? Is the, no. is the serious question. Um, I no. think we go strictly fully, fully gay. Fully so G. you can't count no Freddie Mercury. Because Freddie was very bi, to my understanding. Yes. yes. Yeah, it was misinformation because they didn't understand in the 19-whatever's, 90s? Which 80s is really and 90s. funny because he wrote and sung a song called Fat Bottomed Girls Make the World Go Round. Well, to be fair... Back then, you couldn't really write music about wanting to fuck men. This is because true. it was not very well appreciated back then. Nowadays, you can write a song about being a dude fucking men, and people will be like, "Hell yeah!" But in the eighties, they'll just they just like call you the f slur and beat you up or whatever, kill you, or that. I mean, he also might have just liked fat bottom girls. I mean, he loved them. True. The point is that he just likes women too. Yeah, this is why he's not gay. He's bi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are the gay people are on this list? (laughs) Uh, There's that guy, uh, the H bomber guy, just blew up with a nuclear weapon. That guy, (laughs) he's on the list. He's not one of your top gay people. Yeah. Because no, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have had a really entertaining four and a half hour video to watch. You know what? That's fair. Um, How about a shout out to our friend Thomas? The man, the I don't know hates... Thomas, so Thomas doesn't get a shout out. Who is Thomas? Jack's cousin's friend. Yes. Okay. Uh, shout out to, to Kaiser Neko from Team Four Star for making Dragon Ball Z abridged. Also, I just want I just want you to know that there is a fucking like if you go to lists of LGBT people on Wikipedia, it is huge. If you just click on gay, lesbian, bisexual people, there isn't like the list is so big it's separated by letters. Let's see. Oh my god! Shout out to um uh the lady who plays Elvira. Elvira. Oh, I, oh yeah. I forget her name now. I think she's just Elvira. No, well, she, no, like she has her a as a person. Cassandra oh, Peterson. Thought, yes, Cassandra. I Peterson. won't lie to you. I thought her name was Elvira. Nope. No, that's the I character. Just always be Elvira to name. me. Cassandra Peterson. She's also a red Jodie Foster. Those are the like only gay people I know. Jodie Foster's gay. Yeah. I get Jodie Foster. Confused with uh with the thirteenth doctor a lot. 
which is why I was really confused about her getting cast as the 13th Doctor. Because oh. the only thing I knew her from was Taxi Driver. Interesting. Uh, James Charles <laughs> is a bottom tier gay person. Yeah. Yes. Who else do we have? <laughs> um, I swear I know. I swear I know gay people. I'm not homophobic. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> Who's the me. guy from uh, How I Met Your Mother? Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris. Harris. Yeah. I don't know. Barty Stinson's a problematic character, and he didn't. Well, he, I'm he, talking he didn't about like the dude, like the actor. That's true. He's going to be in Doctor Who on Saturday. That's cool. Uh, does Elton John count? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Elton John He's does in good. fact count. He's very gay. He's very gay. He's pretty good. Elton John has gone on a record stating that he married a woman one time and it immediately made him want to kill himself. <laughs> Damn. He wrote a song about it. What's it's called I'm Going that? to Kill Myself. Oh. I haven't heard that one. It's off of uh um the same mm-hmm. album that Honky Cat is on. Oh, oh you're um, serious? Yeah, like it's it called, yeah, it's, it's called I Think I'm Going to Kill Myself. Ian wow. McKellen. I thought you were just Ian saying McKellen. something like off the cuff. No. You think you think I would make up a fucking Elton John song for the bit? No. Yes. He wrote a song called I Think I'm Going to Kill Myself. I thought you were making it up. I thought it was part of the meme. No, I would never joke about Elton John trying to kill himself over women. Well, I figured he had said that. I just didn't, like, I thought you were like, yeah, he even wrote a song about it as a joke. (laughs) I mean, I did say it as a joke, but because it was true. Okay. Using using a true fact as a punchline makes it funnier. In the the spirit of our um, conspiracy theory loving hearts, can we put Leonardo DiCaprio on the list? Why do we think Leonardo DiCaprio is gay? Because he only dates women under 25? theory. No. Is it because he only dates women under 25? Yeah, the joke is that he's really, really, really worried about being seen as homosexual so that he only dates women who are obscenely younger than him. And there's, like, no yeah. rumors of him doing anything, like, particularly weird to him. At least none that I can recall. Mm-hmm. Speaking of um, me gaslighting people or thinking people thinking I'm gaslighting them, as Kai just thought, I didn't think you were gaslighting me. I just um, thought you were joking. <laughs> my friend Kevin is currently very angry at me uh, because I gaslit him into thinking I was five foot three for like four hours. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we were playing League and I was... Um, Has he never met you in person? No, not in person. He's from okay. Texas. Okay. And we were talking about heights and I was like, yeah, I'm like five three. Um... Just to see if he would believe me. And he was like, is that true? And my friend Gabe was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we met and I can I can confirm that. Which is true. I did meet my friend Gabe. We've hung out many times. He was, he was covering for you. <laughs> yeah. And so I texted my brother and had him Photoshop a picture of me oh to be God. six inches shorter. Do you have it? Can we see it? Yeah, we need I to do. see it. <laughs> I do have it. I will Show post it. it. Sorry, um, audience, you can't see it. <laughs> not allowed. We should probably end the episode. I feel like we're derailing. No, it. I want to finish telling the story because it's important okay. to be on record. Let me see okay. if I can find it. How long ago was this? I don't even know anymore. Oh, George Michael. 
one. George Michael, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whamageddon, full circle. But um, Man. I posted the picture, um, and he was like, he was like, I don't believe this is true. I don't believe. I like, I'll measure the door, and I was like, do it. I'm in the picture next to the door. You can see my. You can't even see my legs above the counter. Um. <laughs> And then, yeah, he believed me. And then, like three hours later, I was like, "Kevin, I gotta, con- I gotta confess. Um, I was, I, I was gaslighting you." And I had my brother Photoshop a picture, and he was very angry. And Damn, then like, it gets, it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. Oh, okay, okay. Because fast forward, this is like, uh, like a week ago, maybe like four or five days ago. Fast forward to, um to yesterday the day before yesterday actually i'm posting it in general i'm pu- or i'm, I'm sh- pulling up the image in fan hq where we are all at right now real building yeah yeah, yeah. um it's i'm playing total world warhammer 3 with my friend tim <laughs> um it's 11 30 p.m my friend gabe is in the call kevin's in the call a bunch of people are in the call um and kevin goes where did gabe go gabe's muted and they were they were muted and i said Oh, you didn't hear? Gabe fell off of a ladder. You know, as I do. This is something I do normally. You guys can vouch. He will do this sometimes. I do claim that people fall off of ladders when I don't know where they are, because I think it's funny. And Kevin goes, Oh my god, are you serious? And I responded with, as I do, would I ever joke about that? Also, I gotta say the Photoshop with, job with is pretty the, good. I wouldn't the, notice anything was wrong. Look at the mirror. It's yeah, not I was gonna say the mirror job. is a giveaway. <laughs> the me asking would I ever joke about that? Anyone who knows me should know the answer to that question. Exactly. Absolutely. Is yes. Yes. Absolutely. And Kevin is like, "Oh my God, are they okay? What happened? <laughs> oh my God, what? Oh, I didn't hear about this. What? And I went, Kevin. Oh my God." <laughs> Yes, I'm kidding. That's so and it was dumb. so funny. That was you gaslighter. Funny. You gaslighter. And, and so he was hurt. like, you're on my shit list. I can't trust anything you say to me now. And I was like, that one was your fault. That one, if you hear me say somebody fell off a ladder, you should know that I am not telling the truth. Just You've all, never just seen a ladder. How can they possibly think you're telling the truth? I was like, I was like, if Gabe had to get on a ladder for any reason, the first thing they would do is go get their brother to do it instead, which is true. I was yes. like, I don't think Gabe's ever even been on a ladder for any reason. And I just thought it was very funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. And I hope you guys enjoyed that story that I told about ladders. It was a great story. Um I have a story too about ladders. Yeah. Um. One time I fell off a ladder and died, and I accidentally ended a podcast recording because of it. Oh, when was that? Oh, it was um. It was actually about uh. It was about right uh. Okay, Sergio, end the episode right there.